0: back to Bology. Thanks y'all for coming back to class. I am your most sage
1: Professor Ricky. (laughs) And I am your mythological (laughs) Professor
0: Ethan. We transcend time and space. We've already expressed this. We've gone to the bottom of the ocean, to the deepest regions of space, even a warehouse with two guys in it. But today... We wanted to do... And to
1: the summit of the tallest mountain.
0: <laughs> We've been very everywhere. Very good. We Very, very good. We wanted to do something today. We've been kicking around the idea for a long, long time. Ethan, would you say we are, in fact, professors of Weebology?
1: <gasps> yeah, I guess I'd say that. <laughs> I guess
0: at this point, we better be saying it because... Um,
1: 54 episodes in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we well. want to make sure that you
0: guys are getting learnt. So today, we did something... Despite all of our transcendence, despite all of our obvious vast experience, something we never thought it would come to, and that is research.
1: I know, guys. <laughs> it's like crazy. I'm right? sorry to
0: let you all down like this and actually but go we and actually act research something.
1: So something
0: we have been you know, hearing a lot from people, we try to get into the anime space. Anyone listening to this, new or old. Know the magic of anime and what it has to offer, but when we're trying to get other people into it, and we're like, "What? Why is it not for you? What's your thing? What's your angle on why it's not your shtick?" And a lot of them says, "I just don't necessarily get a lot of what they're talking about." And what it boils down to is, we feel that the references of lore and myth in the culture of its initial creation being the Sunrise Land, aka Japan, is basically wow. they don't understand. yeah, they don't understand a lot of the, <laughs> the cultural the, a lot of the, the cultural um, implications of the references made in a lot of these pieces of media and art. Um, and a lot of Western, you know, comics or animations or movies. A lot of the references that they make come from a mythos that we are all so acquainted with, you probably would just assume, oh, it's like this story or like that story. Not the case with anime, I would say.
1: So it's basically just like a different set of parables. And, you know, obviously everyone has their own mythology, creation stories that they're, you know, partial to one way or the other. But obviously, um, Many of these different cultures have their own pantheon of gods. For instance, obviously, most people should know about Roman slash Greek gods. Exactly. You know, Zeus, all those dudes. The real OGs. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we've talked about Nordic gods on this Mother Dunker. We got our, that shit cool.
0: We got a lot of Nordic love in that regard, but we are going
1: Today to... Today, we're talking about the Japanese pantheon. Yes.
0: The entire kind of... Uh, Mythological implication behind one of the most iconic Eastern animation anime pieces of work, Naruto. And it's very, very dense with references to Japanese mythology. And what we wanted to do today is kind of correlate some of our favorite powers and references to the actual myth behind what they're referencing in hopes that we all gain a better appreciation for the context. In which they're trying to show um, these parallels between the stories of the past and the works of our future.
1: So, and shouts to Kishimoto for really keeping it real. It man. is
0: impressive the amount of uh, things he packs in there. And I know that people uh, that grew up in a Japanese environment and a cult- and were culturally trained on that kind of thing may have gleaned a lot more from a show like that than maybe a lot of western audience like oh nine-tailed fox that's pretty cool it's got more than one tail man <laughs> it's actually
1: got nine of them oh here. what
0: it's crazy believe it or not what the fuck does it mean though so we're gonna pick out some of our favorite Wait, powers what does it mean <laughs> the a nine-tailed fox is considered to be Lucky a af
1: right I yeah it's, it's a calamity
0: it, yeah it's like it's a common uh symbol of calamity and tricksterism and it's uh, uh, you see it a lot. That's what the Nine Tails Pokemon is based off of, and you know the Q B and some third fox I'm not really thinking of right now. Finnegan. Yep. Um, there was that fox lady <laughs> Finnickin. There's that fox lady in No Game No Life that had nine tails. That's the only other one I can really think did of. Did she it. really? Yeah. That the the queen of the beastmen. She had nine tails.
1: Did she have nine tails? I literally don't remember that. Holy f.
0: Her her little daughter didn't, but she did. Um.
1: That's very cool. Yeah. Also uh, in um Akamega Kill, which is a show we've talked about, there was a Susuno character, which Oh yeah. He'll make a fun little <laughs> appearance in this episode.
0: Yes, he will. Um, but you know what? Let's start at the beginning. The true beginning. The Japanese creation <laughs> myth.
1: As as according to Shintoism.
0: <laughs> the true beginning.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so where do we start ethan where does the japanese creation myth begin where do we where do we start out
1: like all creation myths generally it will um originate from chaos
0: always chaos in the beginning <laughs>
1: wow, 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 boom that's chaos jimmy
0: Camp, sign us up for a gig with fx <laughs> fx work for audio <laughs> yeah
1: visual fx brother so okay Quickly, before I start, I just want to explain where I got a lot of my source stuff from. Because then, you know, my story obviously differed from Ricky's in some some regards because I, you know, gleaned the information from a different source. Yeah. <laughs> um, You had more specifics on some of the earlier generations of gods. And yes. mine kind of starts like once the quote-unquote creation gods became. Okay. Uh, the book that was referenced heavily is the Kojiki, which is from 712 AD, and it was a culmination of myths generally, not specifically um thought to be like a historical text in in so much as it's like it's a myth, like, you know what I mean? Right. Is it, it, is it's it similar to like parables and stuff like that? So it's
0: not quite holy texts to the Shinto religion. It's more kind of halfway between historical and religious uh, in that way?
1: It seems more like a like a literary um personification of a oral tradition.
0: ah, they finally went to the whole writing bit,
1: yeah, which... it's kind of like what I'm gathering, so like most of these things, if you look it up online, um generally, it's like all of these stories are told through painting. And like tapestries right, and right. shit like that. Cause they're like really into that stuff.
0: They're when they're into the whole paint game, and they're just like, ah, look at this big bitch, right? Like, look, yeah. look at all the stuff there.
1: So, actually, a lot of these stories that I'm going to reference have like genuine paintings of them somewhere that you can go look up if you want to. Dope. But I, uh, I also was um, put on this path by a podcast from Parcast, which is called Mythology because I'm just a huge mythology nerd in general. Um, and, Self-proclaimed. And in fact, I'm going to throw a couple parallels that I noticed between this story and Greek mythology as well, just because Ooh. I noticed them, so I thought it would be cool. And
0: whenever we can, we'll chime in with, if you hear a buzzword of a Naruto power, ding, ding, ding. We'll give you kind of a rundown of that power if you aren't too savvy on the whole Naruto-verse, like me and Ethan are, it's, a little scary what we know about that universe at I've this point. I've seen it a few
1: times. Yeah,
0: I've seen it. I've seen some Swag Kage videos. I've watched exactly four. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a master. <laughs> I've watched a highlight. i watched a highlighter too. Nick.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so obviously the world started in chaos. There was seven generations of Kami slash gods, um, each becoming more perfect than the last. Ah. Then it culminates in... The two kami of creation, Izanami and Izanagi, the exalted man and the exalted female.
0: Ding ding ding! We have our first buzzwords: Izanagi and Izanami. Now it's funny that I didn't even realize that these two were gods and specific gods of creation, which is awesome because those powers in the Naruto verse are uh, Uchiha power like very high uh, level powers for the Uchiha clan, which you'll hear that name come up a lot because a lot of the mythology ties into the Uchiha clan. Izanagi allows a user to spend the light of their eye going blind completely before rewriting their own reality, aka creating a new one, which makes a lot of sense. And Izanami allows someone to trap someone in a visual reality loop, which that one gets fuzzy in the lore, that basically, once you become a better person and realize the fault of your ways, you can escape it. Um, but both of those powers center around creating new realities, which makes perfect sense in relation to the whole creation god myth. So I like that. I like that. I think that's a strong parallel. Some of these are a little weaker, but some of them are very strong. So I like that. So now we have the we have our boy and gal, the duo.
1: Yeah. So these are um, the first gods that are depicted as more human-like okay that's cool Um, from this early Pantheon um one thing to note apparently um for Shinto gods it's more like personifications of like a life force or something like that so you can have like it's like a physical manifestation of like a tree a mountain river right um there's carrot commies (gasps) you know what I mean there are carrot gods yeah, it's like very, very broken down, and it's more like spirits in some regards.
0: Hell yeah!
1: Um, so anyway, they fell in love, and they produced thousands of commies as well as the islands of Japan. Rapid firing kami babies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for you, buddy. The sound effects. <laughs> so, so Izanami then gave birth to, Ker- uh, sorry, Kagetsuchi who is the god of fire, who during birth was inadvertently burned alive by her child and then sent to Yomi, which is the underworld.
0: Seems pretty harsh for just an unfortunate birth situation, right?
1: Yeah, well, (laughs) she died.
0: Right, but still kind of an unfortunate situation that, oh, fuck, I got to go to the underworld now. I thought I was a god.
1: Yeah, so Kagetsuchi, which is a... Buzzword. Beep, 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 beep. You forgot about it. No,
0: I was letting you finish. Kagasuchi is another <laughs> Uchiha power used by Sasuke Uchiha after he gets access to both his mangekyo Sharingan powers, which is the next stage in the Sharingan Eye uh, Kenke Genkai, the bloodline limit techniques. Dojutsu. Mm-hmm. And what it allows him to do is it allows him to control fire to a very finite point. And his other eye is probably another buzzword coming up here in a little bit. Um, a special type of fire uh, that his other eye, Kagetsuchi, allows him to be controlled with extreme precision. Strong parallel, fire control. Continue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, in a rage, Izanagi drew his sword, the Totsuka blade, and slew his son, Kagetsuchi.
0: da ding! We have another fucking buzzword. There's so many buzzwords in this. So... I have a little bit of information about the Totsuka blade, as it were. So, in a little more specificity, the Totsuka notes security, Um, it literally means 10 hands long swords. It's that exact phrasing is kind of the, speaking to the family of swords that this is kind of a part of, these broad double-sided swords that broaden this particular term um, according to Japanese swordsmanship. Um, and it's, uh, it's a sword found in Universe of Naruto, controlled by uh, Itachi's Susanoo, which is this crazy kind of astral armor uh, that allows him pure offense and defense. And this sword allows him to stab and seal away anything it wants to inside of a gourd that it wields, which I'll bring up the gourd a little later when we have a little more context in our creation myth.
1: Yeah, so just one point on the Totsuka blade, though. So in Naruto, it's basically like one direction, it'll destroy anything. Yep. And I think the really cool parallel is only a blade or, like, a blade that's insane could kill a god, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So I think it, like, makes a lot of sense that in, in, you know, the show, they, they reference the Totsuka blade just, like, absolutely obliterating whatever it stabs, and it, you know later comes into play again, but uh, just specifically being a, you know, a sword capable of killing a god, I think is... Which is badass. Yeah, yeah. Pretty chill, if, if you ask me. Chill, trill, and another word. Hmm. <laughs> so, Izanagi went to Yomi to follow his wife. Yomi has like a suffocating darkness, but is overall similar to the main world. Izanagi finds his wife, who says she wishes he had come earlier because she has already eaten from that world. And thus oh. she is kind of bound to Yomi. So hmm. interesting. she says, well, let me go talk to the ruler of Yomi. And then, um, you know, potentially we could leave here together. Pretty casual. Because, you know, they're gods of creation. So they're, <laughs> kind, of, they're kind of ballers. <laughs>
0: Bro, come on. I did the whole creation <laughs> on, thing. Ruler. You know, that was me. Was- so
1: in the story I read, it didn't make any mention of who that ruler was. But of course, some of you might know that it's Immo.
0: Oh yeah, King Edma. Oh yeah,
1: which happens to be the monkey. Oh the no third, shit! The third Okage. That's a reference. That's ding ding yeah, ding. Yeah yeah. yeah. That's it, that's is, his familiar um, almost. That's the yeah, summon. summons.
0: That's really cool.
1: Um. So that's pretty cool. And then also, um, some of the gates from like the Asherah Path and like. Oh yeah. Whichever one can do revival.
0: Oh, I got that unlocked later, my boy. I
1: that got. That is uh, like a. A picture of Enma actually is, yeah. is you know the picture of that gate. Um, anywho, so he she basically tells him though that he cannot come looking for her and he must not gaze upon her while Ooh, they're in the underworld.
0: That's terrifying. Um,
1: as she's kind of walking away. Uh oh. And so he's getting a little paranoid, a little freaked out. Right. And he, this is the weird part. He like has a comb in his hair. He breaks one of the tines off. Sets it afire. fire. So he has like light to go see stuff, and then uh, he actually summoned fire, which is kind of chill.
0: That's also really uh, chill. And he baby. goes and he
1: finds her, and she like freaks out. She said, "I told you, literally, not to look at." It.
0: Oh, that's right. And I literally also just forgot. And he said it like 15 seconds ago. So she's
1: actually rotted away at this point. No. Yeah. So she's like, basically, guys. Like, this is actually
0: the first time I'm also hey. hearing this. So <laughs> I am, I am also freaking out with you guys. So she's
1: rotting, but she also has like devils hiding in a rib cage that he can see oh so huh. it's like creepy oh huh. it is madly creepy fuck that um and so this is quickly one of the you know parallels to um greek mythology i thought would be really cool oh yeah if you guys know of the story of orpheus and Eurydice. So, <laughs> of course you do, right?
0: I think I do. I know. Yeah, Orpheus sounds right.
1: So, so Orpheus was like this really exalted guy who was like unbelievable at music. So much so that the gods like got hype on him and <laughs> sent him this like absolute banging chick. Eurydice. Mm, yes. So they basically got married and like she died instantly. Like got she was running through the forest and got bit by a snake or something.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And so... This guy who's like unbelievably good at music and like he can basically like sway towns, gods, whatever, just with his like just straight bangers, his just... straight medium. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's uh he's really good at YouTube videos as well. <laughs> what did you got with the eyes? You see with the Orpheus?
0: Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So um he actually he I think he's a demigod. So like one of the gods is his dad. It's oh either nice. Zeus or um statistically in Greek. It's probably it's probably Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. Um, and so he begs them. He goes literally up to, to heaven and he begs them, like, let me go down into hell and bring her back. Right. So he goes down there and he talks to um, Hades and Persephone, which is his wife that mm-hmm. he stole. Um, <laughs> Ass. And he basically says, look, I'll do whatever it takes to bring Eurydice back with me back to the world of the living. And okay. he basically sings them a song about love and all this stuff. And these, these people who live in the underworld literally are moved to, to like, accept, heavenly tears like, almost. Yeah, not tears because they're, like, dead and stuff, <laughs> dead inside. But they're so moved that they decide they'll give him a chance to redeem himself. So the way that he has to do it is he has to walk all the way back out of hell with her walking behind him without ever looking back at her.
0: This I remember. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. That piece, not the whole thing.
1: Just yeah. that piece. So, there he can hear footsteps and that's all. So, they walk all the way to the gates of of hell or back to, you know, the world of the living almost. And right at the end, he just can't help himself. He turns around and he looks at her and then obviously she flies all the way back to oh. to hell and so basically I just think it's interesting. So in most of these mythological stories, they do a lot of like parable parables and stuff like that. And specifically this one would be like patience, trust. Exactly. Um, test a test of
0: will. Right. Yeah. That's and cool. I think
1: what's really interesting, at least from my Shinto wisdom
0: uh <laughs> Shintoism, aka Shinto wisdom.
1: Holy shit. Oh, really good research is that a lot of these are like pretty um, clear because the gods are like vain and they have like a lot of like personified traits. Right, right. Like they piss each other off. They fight. They do all this stuff. They
0: have no pit. Yeah. They're just like totally driven by human. Just insanely strong. essentially.
1: Yeah, right. So, like, I just thought that was really interesting because that's like literally a direct.
0: Yeah. And that for you kids is a tasty tangent.
1: Mm. Yeah. Tasty tangent. So, um, like I said, he was impatient, and she gets all pissed off. She sends the little demons in her chest to go after him. And then he he's basically dropping food as he's running back to heaven. Oh, yeah? Or back to the real land of the living. Right. And to kind of distract all these demons and things. But then she finally catches up to him, and she's not going to get distracted by food and shit. Right. She's literally a god. <laughs> Perfect. And um, he basically right as he gets out of um hell he closes this big ass boulder over hell hell yeah and he's thinking to himself like okay we, we both love each other like this is so sad and he like you know it's like stroking the rock or whatever thinking she's doing the same thing and so she yells at him and vows um he will regret his actions to continue uh his act okay he will regret his actions while he continues to breathe life into morals she will take them into death she basically says like i'll take i'll take uh you know a thousand humans a day and he goes well i'll make i'll create a thousand five hundred so they just start
0: day. oh so they just start back and forthing life and death
1: right That's so cool. that is literally the way in shintoism that they kind of established the life and death um kind of like a, cycle like you know
0: basically I mean? this epic lover's quarrel of sorts literally wow
1: which is pretty baller that's pretty baller logical standpoint but then also when you think of izanami and izanagi yes um for instance izanami is that the one where they're constantly wrapped in a loop right yeah the loop of life and death Mm -hmm. and in, in um in the show actually they use it as a plot device to teach Kabuto like a lesson. Like,
0: they, you basically have to figure out the error of your ways to escape said loop. Right. Interesting.
1: And so you can kind of make that parallel to the story where, you know, the error of Izanagi's way here is that he could have just, you know, trusted his wife and, you know, been a little more patient. Right. And they could have both walked their happy asses out of Yomi. <laughs> and Just then also do it. Izanagi in the show is used primarily as a deterrent against or negating like a serious injury that one of the Uchihas would get. Right. Basically and, a way
0: to oppose death right, entirely. And,
1: and so in a lot of, um, Itachi mentions this, like in a lot of the early battles between Uchihas, they would constantly be um, using Izanagi against each other and it ended up being a battle for whoever could get the most favorable outcome for themselves. Right. And it would just like blind entire par- portions of the claim.
0: Right, because one would then use Izanagi and then to counteract it to use Izanami. And then it would just back and forth it to counteract each other. And I, I love that, that, that he uh, is so good at packing all this into a story that still feels like if you didn't know any of this, that's still really cool shit. Um, right, right,
1: right. He does a very good job of making these myths like dope as hell for this for this
0: team. Right. It's funny you bring up Itachi because he, after reading more about the the mythos that surrounds his power set, he is so dense in and of himself as a character. But I wish he would have stayed that way. Just as a side tangent, it was these powers were supposed to be exclusively to Itachi. But then by sheer matter of power scale runaway, Sasuke got a lot of these powers. And then, you know, when one Uchiha got it and a brother Uchiha got it, then to match him, another Uchiha had to get it. And then you had these literal gods running around the battlefield. Um, but originally, these powers were supposed to stay with Hitachi. Now, there are three brother gods.
1: Okay, that's actually the next portion of the creation myth. Oh, you got it? Yeah, yeah, Oh, hello. So, yeah. So um, after he left, Okay, yeah, rip like, rip it up. He was like, he felt like he was covered in, like, nastiness because he was down in hell. Yes, and perfect. And so he goes to wash himself in a, in a river, and as he's walking to the river or whatever, he's dropping clothing, and that's turning into gods and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, no Similar- kidding. In a lot of these myths, Zeus did something similar, where he'll cry or he'll sneeze or something like that, or he'll
0: bang someone as a goose and then just boom. <laughs> yeah, Demi- demigods. <laughs> All right, fine. Not a joke. That's literally a I thing. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but
1: like Athena, for instance, which is like the god of you know war and wisdom, mm-hmm. the female god of that. Um, I think he, she, like, literally came out of his elbow or something. Yeah. What is- <laughs> like it was just something wild like that. But anywho. So he goes into the river and he's crying and he's sad and um, he kind of washes his face and from his left eye, um, okay, he creates basically three new kami and from his left eye comes Amaterasu, the Mm -hmm. sun god. From his right eye becomes Mm Sukiyomi, which is the moon god. And then as he's blowing his nose at the end, comes out Susanoo.
0: Okay. So to put all this kind of in perspective and susano is the is the wild god of sea and storms um and all these are all these uh gods as a triplet are brothers now itachi like we said before mangekyo sharingan have very specific powers to the users sometimes you have one working in uh like one power kind of working in conjunction like you have like kamui in uh obito but in the case of itachi he literally, his left eye is Sukuyomi, right? And this power, often equated with the moon, um, it's a genjutsu, so basically an illusion so powerful that he can make you experience entire like his years. His right eye. His
1: right eye. That was a mistake.
0: Dang. So his right eye, Sukuyomi, it allows him to cast an illusion so powerful that basically. You can feel years and years and years in fractions, minuscule fractions of a second. It's incredibly powerful and it's uncounterable in a lot of cases because by the time your real self knows that you're under Genjutsu, you're already experiencing could be like decades or centuries. And oftentimes, the world he creates is accompanied by the moon. And even the Infinite Sukiyomi requires the Genshin to be re- reflected off of the moon. Right. So that's really cool. Um, and a Matarasu in the other eye is also one he gave to his brother Sasuke. And what it allows you to do is conjure black flames that cannot be extinguished by anything. And it's said to burn for seven days and seven nights. Now, when he, awo- uh, he has awoken both of his eyes, Mangekyo Sharingan's, he then can use a power called Susanoo, which, like I said before, is kind of this astral armor that you can project. Insane offense, even more insane defense. And the reason why it's very interesting—the first time we see the Totsuka Blade with the Susanoo of Itachi, who also has eyes named after his other two brothers—is because he was after. Um, basically, Susanoo inherited his father's sword which uh, Izanagi actually used that sword to kill his newborn son, Kagasuchi. And um, he then uses that same sword to kill an eight-headed serpent called the Yamata no Orochi, a.k.a. Orochimaru, in the series. And he is shown in the scene that he kills him in the show with the Totsuka Blade as an eight-headed serpent. Could you get more of a direct parallel than that? I love, there's so much packed in that space. Right.
1: Um, so, I actually wanted to quickly go through the the story of Amatsurasu and Tsukiyomi real oh, fast. Yeah, sure. Because I'm curious to kind of explain why they're not in the same eye, essentially.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: So, this was like a really, really weird part of the story. So, after the creation myth and then these three kind of come up, obviously, Amatsurasu is like one of the head deities within um, all of Shintoism. Right. Um, basically, just think about it. She's the sun goddess and right. this is the land of the rising sun you know there's literally a sun on their you know flag and stuff like that so like obviously she holds a pretty high um, esteem within the pantheon oh yeah but she's very very vain she's extremely ah. strong. she's extremely like strong brilliant beautiful sm- you know smart and all this stuff but she's like got a lot of vanity Pfft,
0: why didn't you marry her jesus
1: I'm just Honestly, if, if <laughs> how they explain her, <laughs> dude. She's
0: kind of a smoke show yeah, almost literally. Out of fire,
1: reeking <laughs> no, so it's a really weird story. So you're gonna love this. Alright, I'm in. I'm locked in, kids. Um so they actually get married, uh Sukiyomi and Amaterasu. They're siblings, but not like it's weird because they're gods, you know what I mean?
0: So you're telling me that there is a brother sister relationship in Japanese mythos?
1: For sure. Okay, let's go. Which kind of explains a lot of the weird. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) No, so she she really loves humans and she does a lot to help them. Okay, and Sukiyoma is obviously extremely powerful as well. Right, he's given you know domain over all of you know night. She's given domain over day, and then Susanoo's given water and like weather. <laughs> and so he he's he's kind of like a a trifling little asshole, <laughs> but Amatsurasu is extremely um vain. And so this story actually is about one time she is a um invited to one of the older kami, uh the the kami of food and harvest or something like
0: that. Ooh, like is it a party situation?
1: It's literally like a um like if you're a queen, you might have to go see like nobles.
0: Oh, I was really hoping it'd be like a, like a, a and banger of a party. No, no,
1: no, no, It's literally like a one-on-one type thing.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: And so Amaterasu is kind of whining to Sukiyomi saying how busy she is and all this stuff. And he goes, <laughs> oh, oh girl. I love you so much. I'll go instead, and then you can do whatever you got to do. Okay. So she kind of like tricks him into going to this, this dinner she didn't want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is so wifey shit right there yeah, that's yeah. really funny so Sukiyomi goes to this dinner with I can't remember the, the goddess's name is extremely long
0: there are so many go- just yeah so many gods truly and she's
1: kind of taunting him but she's like a like a what I would consider a more normal person she's not like all high and mighty and like bullshittery because she's an older goddess and she's like lower level she's chill yeah she's like Honestly growing down. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. And that. She's like taunting him about, you know, um Amatsurasu obviously like Yeah, right. You know tricking your ass to get here. Yeah, tricking <laughs> him and like, you know, all this stuff. And he's, you know, still treating her with like, a lot of respect and stuff like that. So she finally goes to <laughs> to start making them food. Dope. Okay. And it's really weird how she does it.
0: Ethan, how does she make food?
1: So for fish and sea creatures, she actually yarfs them up. Onto the table. All right. Um, Just wait. It gets way, 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 way worse.
0: There will be. S- okay. You know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm gonna let you say it.
1: And then for the second course, she gets up on the table, removes her clothes, and takes a dump on the table to make all the like, uh, livestock, deer, wildlife stuff like that.
0: <laughs> so you're telling me.
1: And he is so disgusted, he kills her. Wait! 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 Hold
0: on. <laughs> We need to to play by play on this one real quick because what he is seeing at a dinner, he never wanted to be at. Yeah. He got tricked by his wife to go to. Yeah. Not really knowing. Like, they're probably gal pals, right? And they're like, like, hey girl, hey girl. Not really. Okay, fine. It's just like.
1: It's like when you're the queen. Hey girl. People have to come see you regardless, you know?
0: Right, right. So this guy goes into the queen's abode and from the view of his table takes a little lean back see how the sausage is made and sees this queen of a god
1: No, no, no. She's just a normal god. I'm saying like... Okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. okay. So this this woman. Like he's already disgusted
1: with her because she's lesser.
0: Oh. So then to (laughs) to show that she is capable of cooking this godly feast she yarfs up fish she yarfs up maybe some caviar and then decides hmm... What would go good as a pairing? I know, gets on the counter, drops trow, yeah, and yeah. lays down the land creatures of the world. Yeah, exactly. Shit style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Extra salt. And he, so grotesque by this surf and turf of the worst kind, absolutely <laughs> comes to the surf kitchen. And burf. surf <laughs> Burf and shit. It's gross. And he goes into the kitchen and says Uh uh-uh, I ain't having this, I'm an actual, real god, shanks her ass, possibly actually her ass, it's at, like, height level, and what happens then, I'm sorry, I just had to break it down, so what happens after he kills Miss Surf and Turf?
1: Yeah, so he actually killed her and inflated her, it was, like, honestly, like, ridiculous.
0: I have a better idea for dinner.
1: No, he, he, like, really went in on her. <laughs> and Holy then he shit. goes back to Matsurasu and he explains what happened. He's like, look, bro. She literally took a dump on the table. And then she's like, and you like, look, bro. <laughs> and she goes, well, you've, you know, dishonored us, essentially. He says, like, I'll always love you.
0: Babe, 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 you didn't see what she did in that kitchen. Like, you were, well, like, weren't there. She's
1: like, you know, you're ruining our reputation here as, like, head <laughs> gods in, in some regards. And so she basically says, um, from now on, we will never occupy the same space. And that's why
0: they're in different eyes.
1: That as well as sun and moon. moon. Are
0: Holy in shit. Times of day. Holy shit. And a is probably black in the show because he's tainted the reputation. I don't know. about. I'm that. calling it. That's a wild story, dude. I know. Holy shit. I know. Wow. Wow, um, okay, I'm, I'm reeling it back, I'm reeling it back. But that's a, that's a really, see, that's a really interesting, definitely a long walk to get there, but um, <laughs> it's a, definitely an interesting way to, way to go about it. I mean, um, another fun fact, too, about the Totsuk Blade and the, and the Susanoo thing with uh, Yamato no Orochi, that the reason why it's carried in Itachi Susanoo inside of a gourd is because it's a reference to part of that myth. Um, both, there's something called the Hyoten Kozo, which is a gourd spirit in Japanese folklore, but it's also probably a reference to the fact that to lure the Orochi monster into a space where Susano can kill it, he lured it in with gourds of sake to get it drunk enough to kill it. So that might be an interesting, and he basically trapped him in the gourd, and then once he did, he could slay him. Um, again, super densely packed, just that one, I think it, the, the reveal of the Susanoo to the capture of Orochimaru as the eight headed serpent, I think is like maybe like half an episode's length, like maybe 10 minutes span. And right in there, you have so many references that now you guys have this huge understanding of all of the mythos behind it. Lord knows I'm going to look at that scene different. Um... And after this camera death, <laughs> we will be seeing pictures of certain myths from here on out. Um,
1: well, so there's a little bit more to that that story you just mentioned. Okay, um, sure. Which I, I think is a little bit interesting. Um, hopefully more than that. So, um, at, at some point, obviously Tsukiyomi and Matsuratsu have now broken up. And Susano is just, like, this trifling little asshole. <laughs> and yeah. he whines, and he's, like, killing crops and, like, just messing with humans.
0: Kind of storms do what storms do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And so his dad tells him, you know, come up here, Izanagi. Uh, says, get, get your ass up here, breath, <laughs> And let's start chatting. And he goes, well, you never let us go see our mom, so I want to go down and, you know, talk to her. And he goes, okay, you're banished from heaven. And wow. Very so, extreme reaction, Pops. He like. basically begs to go be able to talk to Matsuratsu and say, okay. like, this is my last day as a god. I just want to you know, see you off and wish you well, essentially. Cool. So he tricks his dad. <laughs> and then he goes and literally battles his sister for, like, a long time. Interesting. And they're, they're both dumb strong. So, like, imagine they're fighting and, like, the world is, is being... Uh, Cataclysmized. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. Um, and there's like a lot of imagery with like what she puts on to battle him, but I didn't really write all that down. That's but totally fine. It, it, you know, whatever is already thick. I yeah. Get yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so, um, they end up battling and he gives up because he's not making any ground, but what he doesn't set is just torment her. So he basically, Jesus. she has this hall where she's got these looms where she's like weaving like life essentially. That's again, God's just being
0: gods, dude. Yeah. 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 Dude.
1: <laughs> her her life giving looms or something like that <laughs> oh hot so you know he's, he's destroying the world and she's like reweaving you know that as it goes her. oh nice nice and she's got maidens helping her and stuff like that hell yeah so he actually she like basically banned him from her area and says like you can never step in here again after he uh basically quit that battle they were having right they had like some contests and shit and she actually cheated <laughs> and, uh, of course she fucked did. So he did. got pissed off. And this is why this whole battle thing happened. But she, he throws a horse into her house, busts her looms up, kills all her maidens, and then sends her into a tizzy. And she goes away.
0: Busts up them fucking looms.
1: And so she, like, leaves the world essentially. God. And then um,
0: Get out of my broom. Okay. It just leaves the world.
1: The rest of the gods are all pissed off and they literally like torment Susano when she finally comes back saying, like, you effed this up for us. Yeah, fuck yeah, you did. GTFO. So they take away his godhood and they send him down to Earth as a man. Oh. Yeah. Instead of going to Yomi, which is still like a godly realm, they sent him down to Earth um, to become a man and just kind of live out his his life as a man. So he learns like, all the shit he was doing to humans. Right. So, like, when a storm comes by and crushes his rice field, he feels bad about it. And he's starting to, like, feel... Um, empathy. Yeah, empathy for humans. That's awesome. And then that's the beginning of that Orochi story, as he's, he's now at this stage oh. of his life. He's called Susano the Wanderer. Okay. And so he's sort of just, like, this Ronin-type dude walking around, and he comes up to a town where they're getting attacked by this dragon Orochi. Hell yeah! You know that eight eight headed yeah. uh, dragon, and um, everything you said about the Saki and all that is totally right. And then when he kills him, ah yes, he, he's cutting off all the heads while he's drunk, and then he goes through all the tails as well. And in the fourth tail, his sword gets stuck on something extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens to be a a Totsuka blade of of sorts called the. Ame no Murakomo no Suragi, the heavenly cloud-gathering sword, which later in life was renamed the Kusanagi no Suragi, which was the grass-cutting sword, which is so sharp it was able to cut a blade of grass.
0: So this sword, while it didn't have... It got a name shout-out in Naruto. It didn't have this huge lofty aim or goal or, you know status, but it was the name of Sasuke's sword that he had in most of Shippuden. Basically, all of it from the time you see him all the way to the end. Um, it's just the name, the sword of... Uh, what's, it, what's it called again? Help me out with names. Um, Kasa... Oh.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I believe in you. Kasanagi no Saragi. Kasanagi, yeah. So, this is actually... But he received that in the show from Orochimaru, Orochimaru. which is funny oh, because there in, you go. in the myth, yeah, He gets it out of Orochimaru's body. That's really cool. And then he uses that to gain his godhood back by giving it as a gift to Amaterasu.
0: That, okay, that's super cool. I, um, it's, in researching that particular sword, turns out it is, it is thought of, it's all but confirmed, but they think they actually have that sword in Japan somewhere as a part of a set of real-world items called the Imperial Regalia of Japan. There's that, there is that little uh, curved gem crystal that's like almost like one half of a yin-yang symbol. Um, it's, it's like a curved jewel that is... I've can, seen it. I've yeah, seen yeah. It what it is. And the last item in all of that is the Yada Mirror, or the Yada no Kagami. And it is a sacred mirror that is part of this set, and it's said to be housed in the Ise Grand Shrine in Mei Prefecture in Japan. Now, if you... Naruto fan ding 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 the Mirror is the shield that uh, Itachi Susanoo wields in conjunction with the Totsuka blade and the gourd and is said to block any physical and astral attack which is again how do you pack more shit into one guy like he just has all <laughs> of the lore he has all of the mythos um so it's again the
1: so, cool thing about Yata Mirror. Is not only does it do what you just said, but in other shows like One Piece, mm-hmm. it's referenced as one of the the admiral's abilities. So one of their admirable ugh, one of the admiral's um, devil fruit is light ability.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, The guy with the weird earlobes, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So when he does his teleport ability, which basically him bouncing around all over the place. it's like yada no mirror or something.
0: Ah, that's cool.
1: And so he bounces his light ability all over the place to like teleport essentially.
0: That's really, really cool.
1: It's rad, I know. It's so
0: fucking rad. We've been really harping on the Uchiha stuff here. I mean, and it's it's obvious that the Uchiha possess a lot of the high-level abilities in this show. However, there is another power set in the show that has a very in-depth, Feel in a lot of uh, religious practices, and that would be the Renegon or the eyes that uh, Nagato possesses. Madara learns to comes to possess later in his life, and Obito possesses briefly. And these these Renegon eyes actually have an absolute boatload of powers contained within them. Six, seven technically, but six main ones. And they are actually based on the six Buddhist paths of reincarnation. Each kind of path of the six of the Renegon, these six paths are named after one of these paths of reincarnation. I'll go through them briefly. I think it's more interesting what they do, but then I'll give you some context about, you know, what they do. Um, and two of these are considered hellish, two of these paths are considered heavenly, and two are considered mortal. And we're going to start at the very, very, very bottom. Very bottom. And the Nakara path, which could be one of my favorite paths. This is the one that Ethan you said had had the big mouth of King Edma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's uh in Hinduism, it's considered a place. The Nakara path is a place where souls are spent for the uh for atoning for their sins. And uh, Yama is the Lord of Justice and that, the King of Hell, and he puts living beings after death, um, for appropriate punishment. For example, boiling oil and a lot of things, but if you lie to him, canonically, he will rip your tongue out in the belief system. And the funny thing is the power of the Nacropath... Get wrecked, bro. Yeah, the power of the Nacropath is, basically, it will conjure up the head of King Egma, and it will slowly pull your actual tongue out in the show, and will grab it, and if you lie, it will chop off your tongue, and you will presumably die. That was kind of the assumption, is that you would die, Yeah. Yeah. So the other one that I think is so over-fucking-powered that it's unreal uh, is the Praetopath, or also known as the Hungry Ghost Realm. It's a reincarnation based on strong possessiveness and desire, which were cultivated in a previous life for lives, and the Praetha themselves are actually humanoid creatures that are perpetually hungry and thirsty and are unable to satisfy themselves. So the Prady Path in Naruto has the ability to absorb chakra in any ninjutsu, in an endless hunger for that tasty, tasty chakra.
1: Which, of course, again,
0: literally the op most op shit. Like you can't be touched at that point. Um, do you remember what the Human Path does? Actually, this is the one that I of the of the six. I didn't remember this one, and I had to look it up. So I'm curious if you remember what this one does. Tbh,
1: I don't remember any of these paths.
0: The one, this is the one that can rip souls out of people. And in doing so, he instantly reads their mind, but your soul's already out, so you're fucking dead. Um, Yeah, good point. Yeah. (laughs) So, what's the point? What's the fucking point? So, the human realm, also known as the uh, Manusa realm, is based on passion, desire, doubt, and pride. It's believed that the human realm is a form of birth most likely to obtain enlightenment, both through the availability of information and teachers the ability to reason without falling victim to obsessive aggression but the the Im- availability of information is key because that's a weird I always thought that was a weird side power where sucking out the human soul yeah that seems pretty fucking human path but the ability to gain all the information of the person you're sucking the soul out of that right there I'm like okay I'm seeing the parallel we're here now that was the weakest one to me but then I finally kind of clicked like I'm into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense with the mythology and like us as massive fans of Naruto, we're just like, okay. You yeah, know what I mean? and
0: until you did the research, I'm like, ah, okay, that's fucking cool. Um, animal path is pretty explanatory. Animals. Ruff ruff. Boom. Wolf wolf. Chirp chirp. But this path in the show can conjure probably the most powerful uh summons you can in the whole show, right?
1: Uh, I mean, it's it, got the. It seemed like it pretty much deadlocked with the. The, Which uh, one? Toads
0: of oh yeah, well yeah, cause but there was that one dog that every time you killed it, it basically split, kind of Hydra style,
1: yeah yeah yeah,
0: Cerberus Hydra style, and then we get into the more interesting paths, <laughs> the heavenly paths, the ones that have a little more meat on their bones, if you will. Um, so the Asura path, it's a plane of semi divine, uh, d- like demons. Um, I keep looking at the camera like it's still on. <laughs> um, in which oops, in which people are reincarnated in doing actions based on jealousy, struggle, combat, or rationalization in a previous life. And though powerful, living constant violence and conflict where there is no peace or resolution. Um, so basically, it's also drawn from a Hindu and not Buddhist, where the asuras are a people purportedly having the ability to uh, Uh, Create magical equivalents of modern day ballistic missiles and lasers called uh, uh, Astra. And remember, this was created many, 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 many hundreds and thousands of years ago as a concept, right? So then thinking of biological missiles and lasers (laughs) in like millennia ago, that was the most interesting thing for me. But again, that's a very obvious callback to the Osseropath in Naruto, where they can. Sling Shoot
1: missiles out of their hands. Yeah,
0: they literally can just turn into me- mechs. Like yeah, yeah, like yeah. low-key mechs. Which is pretty fucking rad.
1: It's a little rad, I'm not gonna lie. And
0: we're gonna get to the big daddy realm. The big daddy path. The diva path. The one that everyone knows the pain for. It's a realm that is sometimes also referred to as God's realm because compared to humans, its inhabitants are so powerful that they can be compared to deities. However, being born into the diva realm are still subject to reincarnation. They suffer from pride, and the knowledge that their long lives and powers will not prevent their inevitable death. Now, this I find interesting, given Naguto's usage of it. He mainly uses the diva path and the body that inhabits it as his main uh, outlet to uh, exude the most powerful of the paths, which is essentially telekinesis, at the highest caliber. and um he wipes out a whole city with it casually no big For deal real. no big deal um and and one that i actually knew this off the top of my head from watching some old videos there is a seventh path and if you're thinking well if there's six paths of reincarnation what's your only option right boom you're out aka the outer path so in the show after nagato was given one of naruto's powerful speeches He was convinced that Naruto could bring peace to the ninja world and then employs the outer path, which by giving up his life, he revives everyone that he kills with his powers of pain, aka reincarnation. But he escapes his own kind of six paths in and of itself by, you know, relinquishing uh, control or uh, embodiment in the six paths they're all gone and then he reincarnates everyone with uh his own power back to the path that they were without any consequence of maybe rising to a different path or something. So this show is not just actually, you know, Shinto and strictly Japanese, it's also Buddhist and Hindu, which again, hats off, man.
1: Hats. Right. So my last thing for the Buddhist Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Thing is you know, in Hunter Hunter, the 100-type guanine bodhisattva? Yes. So that is obviously Hindu. Oh, very. It's that, that you know massive golden statue with the 100 hands mm-hmm. Um, that Netero can summon with his ability. Well, our boy, Hashirama Shinju, yep. has a bodhisattva as well. But his has the name of, and this is like, it's a legit name, is um, Shinju... Conan, which Shinju is K-A-N-N-O-N. K-A-N-N-O-N. Okay. And it literally is just like exactly what his thing looks like, but the name, like the moniker it has is Conan of a Thousand Arms. Perfect. And so Perfect. the actual manifestation of his um, wood clone, you know, is that massive statue with a thousand arms that comes out of the ground that he summons. And
0: just beats ass with that sucker right. holy so, shit
1: i mean it's just honestly um it was really cool to finally like do this because i mean without looking into all these things it might just seem like a a random you know thing that kishimoto decided to do right right or And a random power he thought up
0: and like like we mentioned before, like the more we do the show and the more anime we watch, I guess just by our own inundation of it time and time again, we start to see the parallels. And in some shows, they take the time to teach the lore that it's coming from because it's more directly tied to the story. So after a while, uh, seasoned anime fans are going to see something and be like, okay, I know where this is from, right? But a lot of times, sometimes you just got to do the work or, you know, listen to a podcast that'll do the work for you. I don't know. I can think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Whatever. But uh, I I know for me this has given me such a greater appreciation of the work and the research it goes in for these mangakas to create these worlds and these power systems that harken back to some stuff that really is deep in human history. So... um,
1: Yeah, and, like, so this was a lot of fun for me. I think it really... I think it definitely harkens to the roots of what we wanted to do with the show.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah.
1: Kind of research deeper, get a deeper understanding of a lot of things anime. Um, if there's like other topics and stuff that you like, for sure want us to hit up. Definitely, oh, yeah. Like flop us an email or you know DM us on Instagram, whatever you know. You know, Twitter's open as well.
0: Twitter's open as well, but, but uh, and hey, you know and
1: what? Like, there, there's obviously mythology throughout lots of you know, anime, which we obviously mentioned, we could d- even do a, yeah. like an updated episode with, you know, some things we missed in Naruto and then potentially some other, you know, shows if that's interesting to you.
0: Yeah. If you, if you, if you know a show that's very lore heavy, uh, drop us a line, give us a kind of like a starting point and we'll start researching. And you know what, if, if this, we want to know you cause we've been kicking around this episode idea for a long, long time. And I, I am so happy we've got to finally do it. If you want us to see us, like, rip shit about anime, like, drop us that too. We're here for you guys. If you found that interesting and want more of it, we are more than happy to give you more of that because this was really fun and somehow, finally, educational. <laughs> 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 finally. Yeah,
1: but like you said, if you, did, if you guys, like, everyone didn't like it like we'll definitely not do something like this again if that's if that's the case no actually we're gonna
0: do it three times as hard this is the only thing we're gonna do yeah you
1: know what it's for us (laughs) it's for us we (laughs) are not
0: even doing it for you but you know we love you students and thank you all for coming to this particular class if you want to listen to us on youtube i'm waving the youtube gang right now but all you're seeing is probably a picture of me waving in my past because i'm just gonna pull it off facebook or some shit um and, uh, you know, or if you just want to listen with your ears and not your eyes, check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcast fix. You know, hit us up on Instagram, DM us, noprobs at WeBology.podcast. We got memes on memes on news. Hopefully, maybe by the time this one comes out, it'll be a little less COVID and a little more fun. But you know what? We're going to rip you some COVID memes anyway, because that's the world now, baby. Because
1: yeah, they're kind of, funny, they kind of funny. They are kind of funny.
0: They are kind of funny.
1: Also, if you'd like to leave us a review on any of the podcast platforms that allow that, please do. Specifically, Apple is the homie. Yes. Five stars will help us a lot. Get Thank to, you. Get, you know, get out there to more people. Hopefully, um, at some point, we'll have some community type things where you guys can all talk. You know, all the all the Weebology homies can have you know chats and stuff like some that. Some very so.
0: light foreshadowing on something like that in the near future, my friends. <laughs> Just saying, you know, hit us up on Twitter, Webology P. I hope Ethan doesn't change it because I really like that name. <laughs> I really, really do. And like we mentioned before, if you want us to watch a show, if you want to tell us what kind of episodes you want to see, we are always open to your email, WeBologyPodcast at gmail.com. I think that does it for all of the plugs. And you know, go get yourself some learning. That was fun. Learning is fun.
1: He's still looking at the camera. I'm still looking
0: at the camera, whatever. <laughs> Until we get the camera fixed, I'm Ricky. And I'm Ethan. And this has been Weebology. A do staring right at it. I'm staring right at that <laughs> camera. <laughs>